Hello and welcome back to Over the Top Football. Um, me and John are on number three of the night, so if you do hear the odd yawn during this recording, don't be too surprised. Um, but I'm very excited for this one because the day before the Premier League season starts, we are going over all of the team's transfer business and we're going to give them three ratings. So it's going to be smashed it, flopped it or work to do. Those should be pretty self-explanatory. John, how did you find making the notes for this one? Yeah, all right. Uh, it's difficult as well when the transfer window is still open. I think we'll probably do a number of other transfer episodes, um, but it's good to evaluate where each club is at. And I find myself being very neutral a lot of the time, so I tried not to sit on the fence too much and pick one side or the other. But there are some clubs that just do have work to do. Yeah. Um, but it's good to assess where things are at because you'll miss certain transfers, you'll miss certain loan deals, um, and you'll miss certain moves as well that have already happened. And maybe you might be shocked by some of the fees that have already been collected in. Yeah, and it's worth noting as well. So this is the 10th of August. Um, as I say, the City-Burnley game is tomorrow for reference. Um, so for example, Kane hasn't actually left Spurs yet. Caicedo, we don't know where he's going. Um, Zaniolo's up in the air Bournemouth have just signed Alex Scott or it's been here we go so there's it this moves constantly there's always like a few goings um, but just with some of those names you can probably then tell where their reflective teams are in the window because I think it's catching up with a few teams very quickly um, but yes as John said we will try and be a bit more definitive because just calling everyone work to do is very, very boring. Um, so yes, we'll do these in alphabetical order. Um, so Arsenal starting, uh, their business is quite limited in terms of the ins. Havertz, Rice and Timber. John, what do you think? Yeah, um, I've got them in the smashed list, I think. Obviously, you're going to add David Raya under that list as well. I'm going to add if there is speculation or you know concrete evidence that deals are going to happen, I'll probably add them in in regard to my thinking. I think they've smashed it, and mainly because of the timber and rice deals. I think they're two signings that will significantly improve Arsenal as a squad. The Havertz one nearly tipped it because I'm not really sure why. And the Raya one's very similar. I'm not really certain as to why that one's happening either. But for the initial ones, you know, you're looking at very good business. I even think the sale of Granite Jacka being able to get 21 million, I think it was clearly a player that didn't fully meet the requirements of Mikel Arteta. They got that done quickly. That then opened up the door for Declan Rice to come in and replace him immediately as well. I think it's just been done quite quickly, quite effectively. Um, and even, you know, Mikel Arteta phoning Pep up to ask him to bid for Declan Rice to speed it up was, was quite was, quite a creative way to get things to happen. That was definitely outrageous stuff from him. <laughs> um, yeah, I think actually quietly the outgoings have been pretty good. Someone like Raya made no sense to anybody, but it seems to me clear that Turner, ahead of the World Cup um, in a few years, kind of said, I want to go be number one somewhere. Um, getting Pablo Mari off the books as well and getting a fee for him is like, yeah, yeah, that's miraculous. That is stunning stuff as well. They've probably got a bit more to do in terms of the outgoings, but as well, 
Um, I've given it a smashed it just because I think Timber and Rice are very, very good deals. Um, on to Aston Villa next. Aston Villa, for me, are the winners of the window. Um, absolutely smashed it in capital letters. The signings that they've made, Paul Torres, Musa Diaby, probably thought they were outside the realms of possibility before the transfer window opened. I laughed off your suggestion of Diaby for Villa. There is literally recorded evidence of you laughing at me um, whenever I recommend a Musa Diaby. But... I'm not laughing now. <laughs> Top class. Um, but yeah, I mean, unbelievable window. I think Yuri Tillemans is a player that needs a bit of resurgence and I think that Villa could be the perfect place for him to do that. They look like they're getting potentially um, Zaniolo. And I don't think their transfer business is done as of yet. They've got a few players, you know, off their books, off their transfer, off their wage bill. Um, Marvis Nakamba yeah. went to Luton. They had too many bodies in that midfield. Shout out if you still knew Wesley was at Villa. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> He's not now. He's, He's away to Stoke for free. free. But well, I remember reading that one earlier and being like, whoa, <laughs> that is a flash. Him and um, Samata. Sub-mat- yeah. That's a bit of a flash in the pan there on uh, yeah, the risks you have to take to try and stay up in the Prem. Yeah, but the, yeah, their transfer business has been top class. They've very quietly put together a really, really strong squad on paper. It would be as good as many of the clubs in the league. Um, and for me, yeah, they smashed it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I put smashed it. Clearly raises the bar. Uh, that outgoings get rid of some pointless answers mm-hmm. um, for yeah, future episodes of that quiz. <laughs> um, yeah, fits the manager, I think, was such an important thing. Yeah. Um, Pau Torres obviously has worked with him before, but upgrades the passing ability at the back. And Diaby gives them a Dan Juma-esque type counter-explosive quick player from wide. So um, he's also better. Like the easy thing to have done would have just been got Dan Juma, but he went out and got the upgrade on that. So um, great recruitment, great faith in the manager. And yes, we both predict Villa to have a good season next year. 100%. Bournemouth has the next squad slash club. What are your thoughts on their transfer business to date? I put work to do question mark because despite owning a football podcast, co-owning it, um, I have I don't know about some of these players um like yeah that's just being honest I'm not too sure about the Justin Clivert deal I quite like the Hamed Traore deal um Milos Kerkez I'll be honest knew very little about Romain Favre highly tipped again not entirely sure how he'll do in his adjustment to the league um I think the Alex Scott deal they've just done is great same with Max Ahrens um but yes, I, I've put, I like what they've done in moving towards a Brentford-esque model. I think their players better fit the style they'll want to play next year, which is a high-pressing style. Um, but yes, work to do, I've put work to do question mark just because I'm not sure on the business that they have done. But I actually do think when you bring in the next two players as well, they should just leave it there because that would be, you've already got seven players in and that would be a lot of turnover. Yep. All fair points. Um, yeah, Kirk is, is actually, he's a solid player, I believe, left back from what I've seen from AZ Alkmaar. Um, Hamid Traore looks like a solid signing as well from Susudo. Justin Clivert could go one way or the other. So I had it down as work to do because Jefferson and Irma walking out the door, I think... Most was minutes a, in the squad last year. Yeah, it was a massive, massive void, but 
the signing of Alex Scott for me changed it, uh, as well as adding Max Ahrens into the squad as well. So I actually think they've smashed it so far. The only one that I wasn't certain on is, I mean, you've spent $12.8 million on Roman Favre um, from Lyon and then London DeLorean. No idea why. Makes very little sense to spend that amount of money yeah. on a player that you're not you're actually going to keep with you for that season. So did you just read that too? And Zinn actually didn't realize he got out on lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure why they spent that money, but I think from a follow-on from January, they had some really good business in January, um, and that's why I'm sticking with the positive vibes around Bournemouth. I think they've got a certain style of play they want to implement, and if you can implement it effectively, someone like Justin Clever could be a really good signing. If you can't implement it effectively, he will sit on your bench because you just need to pick up enough points to stay in the league. So I think they've done very well so far. Do I think they're finished? Not quite yet, but I don't think they're far off. Um, but I would classify it from my perspective as smashed it. Nice. Um, yeah, I actually am very much looking forward to seeing the first female player in the Premier League this year with their new acquisition of Alex Scott. Good one. Yep. Good one. PM. <laughs> um, so next up we have Brentford um, what was your takeaways on this let me confirm yeah so Nathan Collins uh, Romeo Beckham yeah I don't Mark think Flacken. I don't think Romeo Beckham's gonna light it up no. I knew they were either in my uh, work to do or flopped it and I've decided that they have flopped it to date. Yeah, if you're going to put them as 15th in the Prem yeah. in your predictions, it only makes sense that you put yeah, it as flopped. I, I, don't get me wrong, I think Nathan Collins is a really shrewd signing. He's a much better footballer than we've been allowed to see to date. Um, but I think Flecken, you've decreased the standard of goalkeeper that you've got there. And obviously Kevin Schurter, um from Freiburg. He was there the last six months of the season. Does he replace the Tony goals? No, but he has significantly high potential. But you're still sort of relying on potentially three wingers to try and fill that void from a striker perspective. There's a significant void there. Um, and I don't think they've done that effectively. They were also never really kneeled down in terms of having a real out-and-out right-back that they relied upon. Um there were some players came in and out, but they never really excelled in that position. So I think that's a position they need to improve on as well. So at the minute I have, it has flopped it because their most important player is now unavailable for the extended period and they've not effectively replaced them, in my opinion. Yeah, so I've put as just work to do, um, being a little bit kinder. I think Nathan Collins is a really good pickup mm. and Flecken, they got done early and uh, he had a great year last year at Freiburg. So. Um, could have been a lot worse and actually I think their business allows them to do a little bit in January um like I don't think Bright uh, Brentford are bad enough to go down um I don't think they're necessarily expecting on a top half finish so they're almost saved by how bad the bottom 10 in the league is this year and yeah it somewhat moves them forward without necessarily seeing the progress that some of the teams around them might have done Yep, 100%. Brighton is the next team. Um, thoughts on their business so far? Yeah, it's really interesting. I actually think it's probably the most interesting in the league, uh, just because it's a little all over the shop. You've got James Milner coming in with like some younger talents like João Pedro. Um, I mentioned this on our uh, predictions. 
pod. But I said that, yeah, Brighton look to have got or have got some players that I didn't think they were necessarily capable of getting. Um, so well done there. And they're also like being bold with it as well. Like you can't just expect to sell 100 million of talent a year, not reinvest anything and then expect to be in the same position. So they're very well coached, done pretty well. I think they've got really good fees for the players they've lost. Yeah. Um, shame they couldn't get in Levi Colwell, but um, I've actually put down as a smashed it because I think they're a little bit powerless to stopping their best players going, but their recruitment in has been really nice. So a smashed it, it is for me. Yeah, smashed it for me too as well. I think obviously you've lost McAllister for cheaper than they would have hoped to have sold him for based on a release clause. They're not making that mistake with Saicedo. I think they're milking Saicedo for every penny that he's worth based on the rice fee. And absolutely rightly so in terms of there is now a market value for that type of midfielder and they're making sure that they get their money's worth. I think the free transfers with uh, Mohamed Dahoud and James Milner, James Milner provides that extra leadership qualities and experience in terms of European experience, sort of week in, week out playing top, top experience in the Premier League and whatever you're losing, like some Callister and Saicedo. It's just a good player to have around. Yao Pedro, I think, is a really interesting one for this season. One that a lot of fantasy football players will probably be adding to their ranks based on the price there. Um, and then uh, Bart Verbruggen. I think that's a really good pickup. That was a goalkeeper that he, I think United had been looking at for a short time as well. Had some scouts looking at. I think that's a solid replacement for Robert Sanchez. And they actually made a profit on that transfer. Um, I think they're up about 8.7 million. And I, I mean, I think there must have been something happened behind the scenes there the sort of dropping of Sanchez I know he had a per season but he had excelled so highly a few seasons before that that it seems strange to drop him and then all of a sudden sell him to Chelsea so I think they've done well in terms of the money that they've been able to recoup slash are in the process of recouping and the fees that they paid for the players that they brought in as well you've look, got Igor coming in from Florentina for 14.5 million um, I think they've smashed it to date I think if they bring in Mohamed uh, Kudus then they've absolutely definitely smashed it to date if they can get around 85 to 90 million for Saicedo as well then they'll be right up there in terms of their business and how they've transacted effectively um, alongside Aston Villa in this window for me yeah nice um, so up next we have Burnley Notable deals include James Trafford, Jordan Bayer. Um, yeah, and then a few, like, they have dropped down a division for a couple. Michael Obafemi, Dara O'Shea. Yeah, they were very, very close to, to flopped it for me, just based on overpaying on certain players. But I think that, you know, Michael Obafemi for around $4 million. Dara O'Shea is a smart bit of business. James Trafford is a good signing, but not for $19 million, as I've already discussed. Um, but good business nonetheless. I think what they, I don't think, have effectively done yet is replace the output of Nathan Teller. They're not going to get him back on loan from Southampton. A um, few other players that they haven't been able to... I think McAtee was at Burnley, wasn't he? Uh, Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Sorry, that's on my list. Um, yeah, I think they haven't been able to fully bring back the loan players that they had. They were so effective for them last season. Matson is another one. Matson from Chelsea. Yeah, um, but 
they brought in the likes of Sanderberg, I think is an excellent bit of business in terms of adding to the depth of their midfield positions, but also by signing Sanderberg, you're absolutely confirming that yeah. there's now only two relegation places. It's up the for Chris grabs. Wood purchase. Exactly. And it's smart business in terms of making the teams around you weaker whilst making yourself stronger. So I think they have maybe a bit more work to do in terms of adding some more goals to the team, but I think they've done a decent job to do it. Yeah, so I've put smashed it brackets for what they could do. Um, yeah, high potentials, um, some bargains. Quite like the um, loan of Brun Larson as well. Be interested to see what happens there. But Burnley have safeguarded themselves a bit here if they were to drop a league. Um, but they've also given themselves the best hope of, yeah, staying in the division. Um, so bear in mind the limits of what Burnley could realistically do. I think they have, they're a lower end smashed it, but I'll give them a smashed it. Yeah, nice. Chelsea is the next team. Uh, yes, so notable Sassy, I love, can play both sides of centre-backs. Uh, Nicholas Jackson, yep, we've done a preview on him. Looks an awesome player in Kunku, best player in the Bundesliga last year. Like, mm-hmm. And they've got rid of 27 players, <laughs> according <laughs> to this list as well, when you look at it. So um, they've done a lot of the turnover that they just needed to do. Um, so like, well done, because their, their sales department must have been very, very busy this summer. Yeah. Um, some good fees in the Alks goings for players who wanted to go. I don't think they've ridiculously overpaid Ala Enzo Fernandez for any one of the players in this year. Um, I would, yeah, I said this earlier, but like, just stop. Like, yeah, they're still trying to actively do business, and that won't allow the players that they have brought in necessarily to thrive. But I think they're a smashed it. The one thing that they haven't done yet is found a logical solution for Lukaku. Um, but I am going to put it as smashed it because I think his standing at the club is such that the fans wouldn't would allow him to just rot in the reserves and not play for the first team. So yeah. even if that is the worst case scenario, you'll get a free pass from the fans. How about you? Yeah, um, I had it at work to do, but obviously there's been some movements today in regards to uh, Tyler Adams. And that's £20 million release clause. That's smart business for a team that does need centre midfielders. And now it looks like it's either one of Saicedo or Lavia. Both would be very good signings for Chelsea. So I think that they have, I think they've smashed it in this window. My only other thing was, I mean, Robert Sanchez is good. Don't get me wrong, very good. But for the same price, David Raya was available and Mm. he would be absolutely perfect for Chelsea. So could they have done a bit better? Yes. But in regards to the, the headers that we have, I would say that they've had a very, very effective window and they've smashed it, especially when it look when you look at the outgoings. Um, and the players that they've been able to get off their wage uh, budgets in terms of, you know, Aubameyang, um, Koulibaly, Pulisic, Mount, um, Kai Havertz, all Mendy, of the, I think they Mendy as well, Mendy yeah. All, all of those players would be on absolutely massive wages. So Yeah, points was knowing if you knew that Barbara Rahman still played for Chelsea before he's just been released. I did. He was their longest serving player until he was left. He? And then I think it was Ethan Ampadu. And then he was not. He's yeah, now oh, away to, to Leeds as well. So yes, I did understand. I did know about that one. Um, But yeah, what are your thoughts on Crystal Palace? So we both put them as our 11th place team in our prediction. 
Um, two signings. I've put. It's a bit lazy to just put them at work to do because they've only signed two players. But I am going to put them at work to do because they've only signed two players. Um, I actually said this to John pre-hopping on the podcast. I think sometimes, I think three to five players is the perfect amount of players to sign in a window. More than that, you're just trying to integrate too many. This is, of course, unless there's like some extreme, like sometimes you come up from the championship and you need that overhaul. But three to five players is kind of what you need because it's fresh impetus without having to overhaul everything. Um, I think both of the players coming in, Lerma and Franca, um, improved their squad from what there was. Um, but yes, they have a bit of uh, uncertainty over an Eze. There's talk of Tottenham with Kane money potentially getting him. Um, there's a bit of uncertainty about Elise. Uh, that isn't um, gay. He's been linked places. That isn't great hanging over your club going into a season. Um but yes, I expect that to settle and probably no one to leave them from this point. But it's not in smashed it because there's a little bit of work needed to do, for example, right back, for example, striker. Yep, all fair points. I have them a work to do as well because it was the easy option. Um, but it could very, very, very easily go to flopped in terms of you don't think people leave £35 million for Michael they say is not. If he had not picked up the injury in the Euros, yeah. he'd have been gone by now. So, um, so I, I still think someone, if that release clause is true, someone pays it injury or not this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. But I, I, it's but just you're not... what the clause of the release, like, it, is it an actual release clause or is it a gentleman's-esque agreement? And like, when is it active? Yeah, no, I think I think it's a release clause, and I think it's it's active from this summer. I think the reason why no club has activated the date is... There's no real requirement to rush it because he is injured. He's not going to be available for the end of the, the transfer window. So it's more recoup what you can from sales, figure out what players are available to you. And if you have available funds and slots, then Elise is a late August signing because, again, why rush it whenever he's already injured? Um, If they were to lose Elise, Eze and Gehi based on the Harry Kane money coming in, then they would be as close to the bottom of the flop that list as a certain other club we've already discussed. Yeah. Um, but I think they have significant work to do. Whether they think that Marius Franca has the capability to immediately replace Saha, I'm not sure. I think he's a very young player with very high potential. And is he the type of player that um, Roy Hodgson can get the best out of? We'll wait and see. I think Jefferson Lerma is a very, very smart and shrewd bit of business to come in and play alongside Decore in that centre midfield. So I think there's there's been positives, there's been negatives uh, in terms of being unable to retain Wilfred Zaha and for them to actually lose him on a free transfer after rejecting numerous big, big bids for him is probably a very disappointing way to end that relationship. But I would say that they have significant amount of work to do. And I know it's the lazy option, but that's what we're going for. Yeah. Um, it's amazing when I was putting this list together earlier, how kind I've been in the top half and how mm. unkind I've been in the bottom half. Um, Everton actually get by with being a bit kind in that I've just put it as work to do because I appreciate they have no money. So Ashley Young, not bad, brings a bit of experience. And Dan Juma, in on loan, is about as good as you can do. Um, no idea how good the sporting striker will be. 
that was interesting. I put it was a bit weird that they let Ellis Sims go. I don't think you necessarily needed to do that. No. Um, Everton are a club who pride themselves on getting youngsters in through the door and things like that. So I just don't think you needed to do that. Um, Braithwaite, I think, will be an interesting one to come yeah. into the squad this year as well. He, you mentioned uh, centre-back deficiency. He could be an interesting one. Um, I don't like the rumours of Damari Gray going to Fulham. Um, I would be desperately trying not to let that one happen if I was Everton. But yes, I, given the circumstances, there's work to do. But it hasn't been terrible because in their outgoings as well, Townsend out, Mina out, you've saved a lot of money in wages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think they have work, work to do. They need to pull off some shrewd business moves whether that's loan spells towards the end of the transfer window and whether it's picking up some players on a bargain, then they do have business that they need to do. I think Braithwaite should be a regular. He had a very good season at PSV last season and whether they can then, you know, bring him into the fold and play him alongside James Tartakowski, who of course was another free transfer last summer. I still think they have a lot of work to do in order to build a squad that steers clear of relegation because I think they're quite far away from that at this minute in time. Nice. Um, Fulham I know you feel very strongly about Fulham so I'll let you take this one yeah uh, so it's flopped it um, I predicted them to come 19th in my predictions so I'm going to stay consistent um, they needed to be brave on a few things I said re-signing Willian um, he had a surprisingly good la- year last year but he's a year older doesn't make sense to me um, Silver the manager shadow hanging over him Mitrovic's future doesn't look clear Adebayo's future doesn't look clear um Calvin Bassi I don't think is necessarily a bad buy but he isn't necessarily an improvement if you do let Tosin go Raul Jimenez where did that come from that is one of the worst buys I've ever seen in my life um yeah it just it's super messy that it looks like Fulham are doing business without a um, director of football. Yeah, it looks haphazard all over the place. Um, bids that seemed interesting for players haven't seemed to have gone anywhere at this moment in time as well. The Hudson Adoy, mm-hmm. the Damari Gray, like he apparently wants to come to you, like knock down the door, do the Chris Wood, like get your rival um, team weaker by strengthening yourself. So, yeah, flops it for me. I would agree. For all the reasons that you've stated, I think it shows in terms of you've got your top goal scorer stating that he no longer wants to be at the club and he won't play for them again. And you're rejecting massive, massive fees from Saudi Arabia. Just accept it, let him go, rebuild, sign the players that you need to get in the door. But please do not tell me that Raul Jimenez is your Mitrovic replacement because he simply will not get you any more than six goals a season at this point. Yeah, Fulham have a lot of work to do, but at this minute in time, they've significantly flopped it um, from my perspective. And hopefully they have a few busy weeks ahead of them in terms of getting Hudson and Doy in, potentially Damari Gray, probably a right back. They've signed centre half, they need another centre midfielder. So yeah, they've definitely got a lot of work to do and, and a striker should be very, very top on that list. Yeah, so I think your take will be more interesting on this uh, because you've got future title winners Liverpool up next they've signed Alexis McAllister and uh, Jorbajai 
as <laughs> apparently his name is, uh, according to one of our friends uh, when we did draft earlier. That is, of <laughs> course, Dominic Soboslai. Um, good outgoings as well in terms of the fees, at least for Fabinho and Henderson. Um, yeah, and huge wages off the books with Fabinho, Cater, Milner. Um, what do you think about your work so far? Yeah, we've work to do. Don't get me wrong, the signings that we've brought in have been very positive and I think very, very good signings. Um, even if we sign one of Saicedo or Labia, again, would be two excellent signings. We're getting one or the other. We would still need another one beside them and we would need another centre half. So yeah. regardless of what move we make in terms of centre midfield over the coming days, hopefully it's Saicedo, um, but also Labia would be an excellent signing. We we still need more, so they still have work to do. I think the work that we've done in terms of outgoings, we've recouped about a million pounds a week in terms of wages, so that's been you know very very positive, and we've we've also recouped what twenty or fifty two million, but for between Jordan Henderson and uh, Fabinho as well, so we've done some really good business uh, in terms of the outgoings there. We've also you know. I would have liked to have seen Fabio Carvalho given more of a chance at Liverpool, but I don't know where he fits into the system and how we play today, positionally and tactically. So hopefully he has a good season, RB Leipzig, and comes back. But in terms of incomings, we need another three. Um, so I, regardless of what I think positively of the signings that are in, we need to do more business. Yeah, so I agree. Work to do. Um, I just put Christ by a DM. Um that should have been sorted. The day Fabinho left yeah. and you got 40 million, yeah. uh, that should have been sorted the same day. Um, otherwise, some tidy work. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you need as many as three. I think the centre-back, particularly if you get end up getting good money for someone like a Joe Gomez, um, I think I'd put the sassy maybe in my uh, suggestions for Liverpool back at the time. But if you get the right centre-back and say a younger prospect or something, yeah. they could potentially pick up some minutes in DM and that would be an interesting, positionally flexible thing for you to do. Um, I, I I would go for, if I if I could pick and if I could choose, right, it would be Saicedo would be number one. Yeah. I do think we need another midfielder. Um, Andre from Fluminese has been someone like that who we, you know, isn't a big name. We don't need to spend a load of money on, but can come in, can learn from the players that are there already because there is talk about Thiago potentially being shipped off to Saudi as well. So we will need another body in midfield. And then if we could bring in someone like uh, Ignacio from Sporting Lisbon to play that left sided centre half role, because I do think that this is a massive season for Andrew Robertson in terms of tactically we'll need a more defensive minded left back and someone who is more tactically you know intelligent in regards to holding that position coming in narrow covering that central position whenever Trent does you know act as the inverted fullback so I, I do think that that's the type of player that Jurgen Klopp will be in the market for with the likelihood that Joel Malop will be walking out the door for free next summer we will need a younger centre half coming in to build the squad, bulk it out a bit more. Um, and obviously, I think we do need bodies in the midfield. With If you think about Henderson and Fabinho leaving, we've signed McAllister and Sabozlai, but we've also had Oxley Chamberlain, Naby Keita, James Milner also leave. Yeah. So there is bodies required, especially if we're going to be playing Europa League football, which is more of a, a sort of second string is what we're needed. So if we can bring someone like Andre in, give game time to Stefan Bajcic, 
Curtis Jones, yeah, Harvey Curtis Elliott. Curtis will get a lot more game time, I think. 100%. But I, yeah, I think undoubtedly there's more business to be done for Liverpool towards between now and the end of the transfer window. Okay, nice. So next up, we have Luton Town, who, again, I think you've got to be understanding of the level that certain teams are at and like what they're trying to do. I've put smashed it. Marvellous in the camber, brilliant for them last year. Mad Danderson, by the way, is an unbelievable player. Um, it's a big step up League One to the Premier League, but I think he's probably just about good enough to do it. Uh, Giles, I've mentioned on the pod before. Chong, like, exciting right type of players for sure. Ross Barkley's a bit random. Like, that one just came out of nowhere last night. I quite like that one. I don't mind it. Like, I get what they're trying to do. Obviously, he's got to try and stay fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have relatively smashed it for what they need to try and do. Um, wouldn't mind a goal scorer. Mentioned yeah. before, a Josh Madger type. Yeah. Um, you've got to take a gamble on someone if you're Luton. And yeah, that would be the one bit of business I think they still need to do. Yep, I'd agree. I would love to see them add some more goals. I think they're heavily reliant on Colton, uh, Carlton Morris at this minute in time for their goals and, and their creativity. Someone like Josh Madger would be a great addition. Um, I would love to see them make a bid for someone like you know Bertrand Traore on loan from Aston Villa, you know, especially with the incoming of Musa Diaby. Um, that might be less possible now with um, Buendia's injury and potentially Coutinho going out the door. But I would like to see them add more goals. I think they do need a goal scorer and maybe, you know, they've, they've been in talks for, you know, Begovic. They've been in talks with Tom Heaton. Neither of them would get done. So I do think they're in the market for a goalkeeper as well. So it'll be interesting to see who they could potentially pick up in that position or what they can get done there. So I don't think that they're done it. And for that reason, I would add them to um, sort of not finished, need to do more. Um, and, you know, the fact that they have more, definitely more work to do. I think Ryan Giles is an excellent sign and you've talked about Mads Anderson, but they're still lacking in terms of goals and potentially a goalkeeper as well. Yeah. And Josh Madge has actually gone to West Brom, so no, <laughs> they won't be picking no, up. That's actually a great move for West Brom. Yeah, yeah, quality. Yeah. Um, nice. Next up, we have Sitter, treble winners. Um, what are you thinking here? I think City have had a poor window. I don't know if I'd go as far as flopped it, because mainly because they weren't flopped it, but the reports today are that they have bid 88 million for Lucas Paqueta. Um, which means that they are showing that they do need another centre midfielder. Um, so I would say that they've work to do. I think they'll need another centre midfielder. They might need to replace Mares, but I don't mind if they're wanting to give more opportunities to youth players like Cole Palmer, like Oscar Bob. Um, obviously, giving Foden that shirt and making him, you know, the first choice and the first name in the team sheet every single week. So I don't mind if they don't want to do anything there. But I think adding additional legs to centre midfield would be would make an excellent window for them. Um because I don't think that Kovacic is the answer in regards to a Gundogan replacement. I might be proved wrong, but I, I just don't think that he is the player that I don't think any City fan is overly excited by Mario Kovacic in regards to what he's doing. Yeah. But again the other reason why they're not in flop that is uh Gavardio is an incredible centre. Yeah. So, yeah, Gavardio, awesome, like, does improve the team, which is hard to do given their highest of highs. I put them in work to do. 
Um, I expect them to get at least one more attacking player. I also expect them to be a bit more resourceful from within. Palmer to get a few more minutes. Um, the guy they signed last year to not much fanfare, uh, Maxime Perron. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive midfield, I think he'll pick up a few, fair few minutes. Like There's no point in doing the deal if he doesn't, um, now that he's had a betting in period. So Guardiola is a good enough coach to make that work. And even someone like Sergio Gomez. Yeah. Didn't get all that many minutes last year. No, but, um, but was unbelievable in the Euros. Yeah, yeah. underutilised asset. So yeah. I think uh, it's work to do, but a couple more buys and yeah, you could easily see that not being the case. Yeah, and I think at the end of the transfer window, if they were to get Paquetta in, right, and that would be it, in hindsight, if we looked at it and said, right, they've got Paquetta in, Gavardiol, Kovacic, you know, maybe Elise. That's who they made the bid for. And then you look at their outgoings. Shea charged to Southampton for 15 million. James yeah. Trafford to Burnley for 19 million. You know, the outs are very, very impressive. So we'd probably look at it and say that they smashed it. But at this minute in time, it's a little bit underwhelming. It's a little bit flat in regards to having just won the treble and trying to improve the squad that has just won the treble. I think they've fallen a little bit short. That's yeah. just my opinion. But it'd be interesting to think, see what you think of their... Manchester rivals in Manchester United? Well, there was a stat a few years ago. Um, I say a few, so only about two, about Manchester United. And I think it almost defines how City have been able to overtake them in the period, which was that um, the only player under like the Glazers' ownership that they'd ever made money on um, was Dan James. I think Dan James, and there's like one other I'm forgetting in that entire like eight pre- previous years. Whereas City are masters at getting a lot from a player and then also making a profit or at least making their money back. So, um, yeah, I think that's a key difference. United, good. They, um, yeah, came third last year. I think next year it won't be necessarily close. I think they'll be clearly at least third. Um, there's overpays in here. Onana went for free only about a year before. Um, Mason Mount's a slight overpay with a year left on his deal. Hoyland, for a guy who got 10 league goals last year, is an overpay. Um, however, I think they all clearly move the team forward. Um, but they're in work to do because I'd have signed two strikers. And now there's talk of needing a centre-back, a centre-mid and a striker. Um, that relies on outgoings. You might have to get rid of McTominay, Fred, Maguire, for example, just to do that. Um, so yeah, some work to do. But they have done well to build out their squad, if not necessarily that many places in their starting eleven. Yeah, I disagree. Um, I I think they've smashed it. I think they had very set positions that they needed to fill and they needed to improve in. And I think they've done that. Now they're looking at what players do they not think are the standard of Manchester United that they can sell, make money on. and then reinvest and it's the type of thing that they know that they've sold Fred today he's with Fernabache Maguire looks like he's going to Manchester United Donny van de Beek looks like he's going to Real Sociedad yeah it's a great transfer for Maguire to go from Manchester United to Manchester United West Ham United <laughs> um, Donny van de Beek to Real Sociedad potentially Brandon Williams to Leeds Scott but McTominay it's not scream of work to do that they've got all of that to do a lot of those are dead wood, like dead wood. Like they already know if they sell. Martial's a good example. Then, of yeah, like that is a, 
alarming that they're going to have to go into a season probably relying way heavier on him than they want to be and they're not yeah. even going to be able to because he's don't, not going to be able to play. Don't get me wrong, I think Harry Kane would have made it one of the best windows that they've ever had, right? But they've got rid of the players that they didn't overly utilise during the seasons. They've made 100 million plus on those players and they've already lined up the likes. Everybody knows that they're going to go and sign Sofian Anmerbath for about £30 million, which is another yeah. absolutely excellent piece of business. Once they sign him, they look at the centre-half position. They've got Lindelof, Varane, Martinez, and, of course, Johnny Evans. Now, as well, on a free transfer that I think they'll just extend out for the whole season. But realistically, if Ten Hag looks at the options that are available to him there, Shaw's his fourth-choice centre-half, and then Malasia becomes his first-choice left-back at that point. So will they sell those players and then go big on a striker, yeah. potentially? Because I, I don't think Hoyland is the answer right now. I think one of my favourite football quiz questions that I got asked a few weeks ago by a United fan was, or as a fact or a stat was, well, Hoyland is Serie A's record goal scorer for a striker under 20 years old. I was like, well, how many goals is it? Well, nine. I mean, like he hasn't, he has the potential to be top, top class, but can he deliver in the time period that they need him to deliver in? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're relying on Marcus Rashford playing through the middle, or they've tried Sancho through the middle as well. And whether that's the answer, I yeah, don't that, think so. That is not nice. Um, so, yes, they need to go back into the market. And if he had been available, someone like Ivan Tony would have been absolutely perfect as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, nice. Up next. Newcastle, um, actually quite big spending for a team who, um, yeah, uh, hugely constricted by FFP, allegedly. Um, Harvey Barnes, Tonali, Livermento are the big ones in. What's your thoughts on them? I think Newcastle flopped it. Yeah, I, um, I think Newcastle have reached the Champions League far sooner than they had hoped. I think by the time they got to the Champions League, they do not have the spending power that they had hoped they would have by the time they got to the Champions League. But I also think for every single signing that they've, or not every single signing, I think for Tenali they've overpaid um, slightly, but I think they've overpaid. And I actually don't think that he is the answer for the problem that they're looking at. I think if they are struggling in the Premier League in regards to the expectations that they've set themselves Tenali will be the very easy scapegoat in terms of he's a luxury player for me for Newcastle United he's not you know uh, Saicedo or that type of you know hot dog that they need in centre midfield that will just go and hassle Harry Press he's a luxury midfielder that sometimes doesn't play with the tempo that you need of a midfielder that you want to get stuck in you know really grab the game by the scruff of the neck and drag Newcastle through. I think he's a luxury player and he will be a scapegoat if they do start to play badly. Livermento, I think Newcastle need a left back. Everyone talked about Livermento at the start for twelve million, which would have been a great bit of business. Yeah. But now they've just randomly paid thirty two for a player that won't start. Guess how many games he's played in two years? League games. Twenty six. Three. What? He's been injured for that long. I think he's played three games in two years. Surely not. Or 18 months or something. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that, yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I heard I mean, that somewhere the other day. I was like, my God. I think he's about 19. 12 million would have been a great bit of business, but he is a, a right-back. Like, 
Kyle Walker-Peters would have been a better buy for Newcastle at this specific point of time. But why spend $30 million whenever you have to sell Alan St. Maximum to get under the financial fair play threshold? I think Harry Barnes is a good bit of business. Um, 20, £39 million pounds that they paid for him. In today's market, they may be overpaid slightly, but hopefully he can get he become more consistent. Uh, they were able to pull, I think, about, about twenty million for Chris Wood, which is uh, miraculous. Alan C. Maximum twenty three million pounds went to Al Ali. Um, probably had preferred to keep him for a little bit longer, but I, I personally do not think they've had a good window in regards to what they needed to do. Yeah. Hard to not agree. Um, yeah, I think uh, I agree with uh, Tonali on the scapegoat. Yes, yeah, sorry, I am wrong about Tino. He played two games last year in the Premier League. That's yeah. still not a great sign. Um, yeah, I think Tonali, um, one thing, he gets a lot of set uh, assists from set pieces and he probably won't be on set pieces. So that's <laughs> always like just not a great sign you've already got trivia yeah. yeah from the recruitment team um obviously he is a far more long-term um option than trippia is um yeah worryingly they missed targets madison diaby um yeah so I, lastly yeah i think i mentioned this earlier had they done villa's business mm-hmm. they potentially would be now part of the big six yeah. yada 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 um okay Next up, I have Forrest. Yep. Work to do for me. Not I, I think if they had a had the opportunity right now to not sign Chris Wood, they probably would. Yeah. Um and you could you could chuck Anthony Alanga on that one if you like as well. I don't mind Anthony Alanga. Um it's I don't I think he's definitely not worth he's definitely pay, not worth fifteen pay, million. Yeah. No, definitely not worth fifteen million. Um Matt Turner for ten million is a shrewd bit of business, but not whenever you think that they might pay thirty for Dean Henderson as well. For me, the overarching requirement for them is a central midfield player who can control the game a bit more. Obviously, they have attacking players like you know Brennan Johnson, um, like Morgan Gibbs-White. But I think overall, on an average, they had 37% possession in the Premier League last season, which means that they need a commanding central midfield player to play alongside those attacking talents. They also need that type of player when it comes to away games. I think last season they picked up eight, eight away points. 30 of their points were home games. So you need that commanding centre midfield player like a Polina to be able to command that centre midfield role. When they played Spurs, it was fairly early on in the season. I think they lost 2-0 um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it was just remarkable how naive they were. Yeah, Got done twice on the counter. Mm-hmm. Nice Kane finishes. Um, but they dominated that game. Like. Yeah, just didn't quite have the firepower up top or the nous to yeah. not allow easy goals on them on the break. Yeah. Um I actually put them a smash it though. Uh and what? the reason Yeah, yeah. Just for for what reason? None of that business I hugely love. I quite like the Matt Turner deal. I quite like the Ola Anya deal as well. Um don't really like Alanga, don't like Wood, but I just don't think they had much business to go and do. Um, you can also see they've got rid of some real dross in terms of the outgoings. Um, so, yeah, they've worked their wage bill. And, yeah, I think just Forrest had so much business last year that they could have signed no one this summer. 
and I'd have counted it as a smashed it because they're just adjusting their model. Um, yeah, getting rid of the players that clearly aren't good enough um, is smart, um, particularly getting fees where they can. And yeah, like, it, it's okay. I, I didn't want to put them in work to do because I just don't think they have more work to do. Like, I don't see how they can go out and clearly improve their team again without going and dropping 30-odd million or whatever they did on a Gibbs-White. Yeah, I mean, I, I I massively disagree. I think even if you look at, like, Anya, they signed Serge Aurier on a free last season. They signed Nico Williams for, like, 20 million as well. Do they need a right-back? No, they need a left-back because they lost Lottie because he was only, only on loan. He's way to Marseille now. They need a centre midfielder. They need a goal scorer and striker. So, Gersewood. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's, the, what's the player you just kept throwing out sorry Who, oh gift Orban gift Orban yeah, yeah. the um, gift that keeps on giving yeah exactly no for me they're way behind and um, they do have work to do even and it's more of a indication of the per transfer business that they did last summer rather than you know the fact they have more work to do this this season yeah um, if you look at some of the signings they made last season like Jesse Lingard's away out the door after a dreadful season, Andre Ayew is way at the door after another dreadful season, um, or a small, a short stint at the at the club. They have probably too many players on their books, but not enough of them are the standard to bring them up further up the division. Yeah, and just what regular names? Will Swan. Um, <laughs> you got Finn back in there as well. Um, Dale Taylor, like Jordan Smith. They've really released some of the most <laughs> regular sounding dudes ever. Steve Cook, like, yeah, it's really a list of just name me some British names. And yeah, it sounds like the the players on Football Manager in twenty thirty that just been made up at this point. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's um, let's move on to the easiest shout of the whole uh, window, Sheffield United. Um, so I've put them as a smashed it. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> sell your top goal um, scorer. Yeah, sell your best top goal midfielder. Scorer. Yeah, best midfielder. Um, yeah, bizarre. Even I've just seen. I actually didn't realize he left. But Ender Stevens is like just left on a free, for example. Yeah. Jack O'Connell. Oh, he's retired. To be fair, but like, um, <laughs> I might need to get him out of retirement. Yeah, he, Billy Sharp released as well. Like, yeah. Th- did they need to let this many players go when they're already on like paper thin? bit um yeah killer uh no mcatee as well it's killer um tommy doyle as well yeah lambs to the slaughter i put them um even if they go out now and sign two or three players just it doesn't make a difference at this point the only difference it makes is the morale because this strikes me as being such a horrible hangover season that this could be double relegation on the cards. This could be the Roger Johnson moment in Sheffield United's history. Yeah. Um, like they've been in League One before. It's not without precedent. So I don't think you can give it anything but a flop to it. Yeah, and very bottom of the flop to it. I mean, Sky Sports haven't even gotten die on the uh, on the out list. And that is the, with selling your top goal scorer and your best player by a country mile and not having the funds to re- replace them, that is an absolute hurler. And um, just a bad season altogether. You could ahead say of that the blades have lived and and died by the sword. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> I thought that was quite good. I no, just gave was, up with that. that was horrendous. The blades. <laughs> <It was> horrendous. <laughs> um, I will 
I'll go and cry for a while if you want to talk about Spurs. <laughs> sure. Um, I put this as a shocker. Um, what? Yeah, I told you, you need a bit of spice. You need a few clips for your podcast. Um, but I actually believe it is, despite it being our best business for a long time. I actually think in elements, it's a shocker because um, I would guess you're going to put this as work to do. Mm. But it's exactly like, John, you sent me a tweet in the week talking about um, Liverpool's upsetting nature of the fact that they haven't sorted the DM and still had work to do in the business. And um, Tottenham have that. 32 um, squad players, like players who would expect to be picking up minutes in the squad as well without counting some of our younger players. Um, you've got Hugo Lloris still there and Davinson Sanchez who said that they don't want to be at the club anymore. That isn't a good look. Sanchez, Spence, Tanganga, Hoiber, Hill, Sessegnon, Ndombele all have pretty shaky futures. Um, even Rodon, who it was clear weeks ago wouldn't be at the club going into the season, was only done as an out last week, um, which is frustrating because I think some of the ins are good. Kuliseski getting it for a cheaper deal than you'd pre-agreed. Andy had a really good first year at the club. Um was good. Madison looks great. I've mentioned before on the podcast what I thought of Vicario when Raya looked to be too expensive. Um, Pedro Porro is not a £39 million player, despite me quite liking his crossing ability. That looks like an overpay. Um, don't know how good Van der Ven is. Could you have potentially got him for a bit cheaper? Maybe. So some impressive ins. Huge work to do on the outs. Um, I've given it a shocker because yeah, Tottenham haven't given themselves the chance to do to really challenge the European places, which when your very fabric of being a big six club is starting to be questioned, that is not what you want to be doing. Yeah, I mean, you'll know better as a Spurs fan. The reason I have it as work to do is because the whole Kean saga has yeah, took over the summer of Spurs and it should have just been it should have been organized and sorted sooner by now, but you get a hundred million you have so many more outs to make. You're right in terms of there's been three outs this summer. Lucas Moura released. I think he's maybe away back to Sao Paulo. Tom Bloxham to Blackburn. I don't know if you even know who that is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Harry Winks away to Leicester for 10 minutes. It started so well. That's the frustrating thing. I think yeah. Harry Winks will tear up the champ. But getting £10 million for him, yeah. which basically means he got Madison for 30, yeah. was such a promising sign. And yeah. then... One, this is actually one of the difficulties when you change manager in that a lot of people would have said Lo Celso out the door, for example. Yeah. And then Ange comes in. He's like, oh, this is actually a £40 million like reclamation project. When he's fit and he's good and he fits my style, he clearly makes the team better. I actually want to keep him. Yeah. But then, but then there's, def- there's definitive players that do need to go. I mean, there is... I mean, I actually think Eric Dyer should be on that list, but there's Davison Sanchez, there's Lloris, there's arguably Sessignon. Um, he's not now going to move. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at the ends, I mean, some of the ends have been... I think I think Solomon is a really, really solid signing as a squad player. But if you already have... Brian Hill. Yeah. You can't... When you're you not can't in have Europe... Hill and Solomon we have... and sign Kulievsky on a... On a permanent we have through currently three players per position Squawker did a graphic of this in the week and like i said it doesn't include the likes of dane scarlet and stuff yeah. and yet you're not in europe and you like 
I now long for the day that Tottenham feel like and they're just confident enough to go and be a Man City-esque. Our squad is 22 players. Hmm. Like, go do that and then you can play a few from the youth team as well. And we're just further and further away from that, um, which is frustrating. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I think you have a bit of work to do this summer. But at the end of it, you could be left with a nicely balanced squad um and a revigorated squad but yeah. i think you work to do i wouldn't put it in the shocker bracket at this point okay next up west ham united west ham united for me have a lot of work to do they were in the flopped section until yesterday um when they started they decided that they actually need to start spending the money at this point having got rid of the best player a few weeks ago so obviously they brought in Edson Alvarez from Ajax for $35 million. Very, very good signing. Very good start. I'm shocked that they didn't try to bring in Tyler Adams as an option, $20 million. But they're looking at finalising the agreement for James Ward-Prowse for $30 million. Very good signing. They're looking at bringing in Harry Maguire. Is centre-half somewhere they needed to address? Possibly not, but Harry Maguire... Any, I think so. Any... The likes of Ogbonna are uh, ageing out a little bit. Yeah, but they brought in some of the... The younger you've got Aguerd, you've got Zuma, two solid options, and yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So, who, which one I am drop out? I think you need three good ones to be playing. Mm. Um, very Europa League football, yeah, as well. Fair enough. Um, we always well, they didn't really replace Craig Dawson, in fairness. So, but I think I actually think it's a very good move for Maguire, I think it's a good move for Villa as well. Villa for West Ham, um, Skamaka walking out the door is a strange one for me. Because I think there is a player there. If they had of, he's gone to Atlanta. He's flopped and got a better move, which yeah. says all um, you need to know about what other clubs around the world think of him yeah. as a player. But there was Atlanta and there was Inter Milan interested in him as well. So I think they could have done better than keeping him and playing to his strengths. So who do they bring in again? If it was me and I had the checkbook there. And if they're trying to bring in Lucas Paqueta, oh, they're trying to get rid of Lucas Paqueta for close to 100 million as well. Where do you start? But I think striker is position you go for. I think someone like Jonathan David is ideal. Another centre midfielder, I think we've talked about uh, Sojcek's legs being gone. And yeah, they've got rid of Rice. They've got potentially soon to get rid of Paqueta. Um, they're talking about bringing in McTominay. Is that the right move? For them, do they have enough creativity in that midfield? Moyes. Yeah, I think it is. Um, do they need to address right back? I think is another area that they will need to improve. Mr. Johnson. <laughs> ben, ben Johnson? Yeah, I actually think he's all right. I think no, he's I, a I, think, a hard I think he's solid. I think Kufal is, um, is, or Sufal is solid as well, but can they do more? Could they, yeah. could they go and try and get you know Wambazaka? Even left back, you've had Masuaku out this year. Um, Aaron Cresswell. Aaron Cresswell's is been not any younger. There's talk of him going to uh, Wolves as well. Um, whether that will happen or not, I'm I'm not sure. They obviously spent a decent amount of money on Emerson last season. Um, I think he will be their first choice this year. And can he string enough performances together and, and build that up again? Euro is winning left back. Exactly. So I think they've got a lot of work to do. I don't think that it's down as flopped it yet because. They decided that it was time to get rid of Declan Rice and they very much got the amount of money that they wanted for him. Skamaka is questionable. I think they're going to take the same approach with Lucas Paqueta. They'll probably 
get a hundred million for him as well, which you can't really argue. You know, forgetting a hundred million for a player that you've you bought a year ago and hasn't really performed to the level that he can do yet. Um, so they could they could be sitting with two hundred and fifty million worth of sales in the bank at the end of the transfer window, fully invested at all and have a bigger and better squad for it. Yeah. So I have West Ham so far as a shocker. Um, this is according to the Sky Sports because thanks to the genius of Fabrom, we know that um, Maguire looks like it's going to be done and Ward-Prowse like, is done effectively. But so far, it only really lists Edson Alvarez, who I think is a great buy mm-hmm. and actually a great rice replacement, particularly with so much change in the bank. Striker is a concern. Um, I also think they... The Lanzinis, the Ben Ramas, um, they've had decent kind of like wide attacking players before. And I think they're aging out a little bit now. So actually some of that talent could look to be refreshed. Mm-hmm. A bit like what Palace have done previously with Eze's, Elise's and stuff. Um, so lack of rumours there concerns me. Um, and yes, my concern is is that the money that they are spending, particularly if they get McTominay and Maguire and Ward-Prowse, is very Moyes football. Yeah. And I think might have a decent year. Um, how long does David Moyes still be the manager of West Ham in three years' time? Yeah. Fair enough, the owners is backing him, but like I just don't think that narrative makes sense. So you're you're putting a lot of faith in him there whenever you're getting yeah. rid of Paqueta, Skamaka, and you're bringing in who are clearly better technical footballers. Yeah. And you're bringing in uh Ward Prowse, McTominay, Maguire. Yeah, you're playing a very specific style of football. I mean, who are you going to get after Moyes? Fellaini, Roy Hodgson, <laughs> um, after Moyes, yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's a top Aladici. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, nice. Um, so finally, uh, I don't know if you actually. Well, no, 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 don't scroll down for a second. I'm just going to test you, right? So again, according to this Sky Sports news article, you can see three incomings there. You have Bubakar Traore, Matt Doherty, and Tom King. Two of those are free. Guess how many outs there are in this? In Wolves? It does include kind of like younger A players. A decent amount. Like I that. mean, you've got... So we, I can see five names on this list. You've got Ryan Giles, Luke Condal, Connor Cody, Nathan Collins, Raul, uh, Raul Jimenez. You can add Ruben Neves, Jan Matinho, Adama Traore. Um... I'm trying to think how many additional names might be on this list. I can think of a few of the centre halves. Roman Sice is he going? They got rid of Collins. Collins is on the list already. Um, let's go for fourteen. Okay, so it's twenty six players that one, only three in. Oh, Diego Costa as well. Oh, Luke Matheson. It's honestly, it's actually painful watching it. Um, like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. They I mean they've had a honker though. So they've it's, had a stinker. It's like people are putting wolves in there um, to be relegated list. And don't get me wrong, I don't think some of those outgoings they will look um, too disfondly on. But like oh. just the numbers, like that is such an imbalance. Like what were you doing with your squad last year if you had twenty six players to lose? Yeah, um, well, I'd say I'd say the vast majority of them were in the reserves or youth, yeah, youth yeah. system. But the amount of wages that they've got off the books with some of the players that they've got rid of, you know, there's even Matinho, yeah, Costa, Costa, Neves, Jimenez, said, Cody. 
Costa hasn't worked. There's slightly more worrying ones in like uh, Hoover, who I think was at E-Boys once. Yeah, like, Keanu. Clearly hasn't worked. Chiquinho clearly hasn't worked. Um, so yeah, there are like little layers of ones there, mm-hmm. which is basically admitting to mistakes. Not the worst thing. Like ultimately get them out of your squad if you don't think it's uh, provided you value. But yeah, hard to put Wolves with anything but a shocker at this moment in time. Um, I said Cunha is probably my f- upcoming flop for the season, given what they paid for him. Um, Kalidic is arguably a flop last year, which is really harsh because he just played one game and got an ACL. But a lot will depend on how well he comes back. So it's hard to put Wolves as anything but a shocker. And controversially, I think they're very, very close to Sheffield United for biggest shocker. Um, I actually agree with what your point was earlier. I put this in my notes as well. Weird choices. They rejected 40 million. Bear in mind that was a first offer from Napoli as well. It wasn't even negotiated. It was yeah. just flat out rejected. But then accepted 23 mil for Collins. Yeah, I, I um, think. If I think... money's that tight, why wouldn't you accept the nearly double offer? Yeah, makes no sense. I, I think Collins, I think both are actually very technically good in terms of their football ability. I think Max Kilman used to be a futsal player, which is yeah. why he's so good in terms of his passing capabilities. But Nathan Collins is a way better footballer than we've been allowed to see to date. Um, and if you're getting double for Kilman, take that and maybe try to bring in somebody else on loan or or from abroad. Someone like, you know, Hanko from Feyenoord. Um, I... So, given the financial state that they're in, um, Kilman, I don't know, say you negotiated 45, because I think he's got a really high ceiling. I think he can be England's left-sided centre-back in the future. Cole will coming through probably yeah. puts a bit of a blunter to that, but yeah. there's potential squad minutes for him. Um, but say you got that much money for him. Daro Shea, for example, yeah. centre-back come in, 8 mil. Um, you're taking a bit of a risk, don't get me wrong, but like, that type of business would make sense for what you're looking to do. Um, yeah. Even, like, there's loads of players within the league who Wolves could have gone for. And, Tosin, and looked like he'll go for 10 million because yeah. he's gone a free next year. Tosin, you could have went and got, even, even at Spurs, I mean, Eric Dyer, um, Davison Sanchez. I think the problem with Dyer is that probably just try and get and they'd probably try and get 20-odd mil or whatever. You wouldn't yeah. end up saving all that much. But, yeah, Sanchez, he's got a place. He's not a easy-on-the-eye footballer, but I do think when he gets a real run of games in the teams, Tottenham tend to keep more clean sheets with him. Yeah. Um, makes mistakes, but like his brute attributes are pretty good. So, yeah, I agree. There's business within the championship, with even English football, without having to get too kind of cute about it that they could have done. Um, but yeah, Wolves are starting to pay the price of some weird deals. Yeah. And I think don't necessarily think that the um, agent relationship is uh, paying dividends. It's, it's not, certainly not now. Yeah, it's certainly not paying off now for them at all. But um, yeah, I think Wolves are in trouble this season. And I think there's a lot of trouble behind the scenes, as we've seen with... Um, with the manager walking out a handful of days before the season starts. And Gary O'Neill has got a very, very tough job in his hands. Did Lopetegui with... do that 
for um, Spain in a World Cup or a Euro is something he accepted the Real Madrid job, didn't yeah. he? And then yeah. they sacked him like days before. So he's got form. He has, yeah. But he, I think it's, I think it's more reputationally. He doesn't want to put his name to Wolves this season because of the lack of investment. So he knows that his Lopetegui <laughs> could have been. <laughs> but he's passed that title over to to Gary O'Neill. You can try to figure out a flop pun there, but. Um, yeah, they've had a they've had a bad window, and whether they have the funds to be able to to bring that back, I just don't know. But we'll do more podcasts on the transfer window. We'll maybe do one on transfer deadline day to assess where each squad is at and what transfers we would recommend. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of moves between now and the end of the window. Um, and even tonight, we are recording this on now. It's the the eleventh of August. There is now talk that Brighton have accepted a ninety million pound bid from Liverpool for Saicedo. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So there is significant business going on in the transfer market. Things will change between now and Tuesday when this is released. We'll know where Harry Kane will be playing his football. We'll know where Saicedo is going to be playing his football. Probably Lavia too. Um. So we'll likely do more podcasts between now and the end of August. Yeah. On this subject. And I think we'll do one. We like to be an accountable podcast as well. Um, I think we should do one mid-season on things we got wrong yeah. in this, like whether that was team predictions or whether that was um, some of the transfers as well. Maybe Kai Havertz falls out. Um, maybe Kai Sado uh, gets injured and doesn't pull up trees. Um, yeah, I think there will definitely be some interesting stuff happening. Um, and yeah, looking forward to really now, I think, it's just nice for some of the talk to kind of go and it's nice to actually start seeing what happens in action. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure, I'm sure not as a Spurs fan, but hopefully yeah, you're looking at it positively in terms of it's a new opportunity. We're going to play the your nicest best, football in the league. Yeah, so. your best ever player is forcing a way to win the Bundesliga. Um, but it'll be fine. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. We're tar- we're tar- listen, sir. Oh, he's he's great. He's definitely on the spectrum, but he's <laughs> he's our he's our guy. Thanks. Right. Let's wrap things up. Um Rob, always good. Any message to send to the listeners? Um Wolves and Sheffield United sign some players. Good shout. I'm sure they are listening. We know Aston Villa listen. So thank you everyone for your time. Thanks for listening. Uh please do comment on what you thought if there's any clubs that we were too harsh on too nice to um, any additional recommendations you would make for some of the clubs we've talked about and as always please do share this podcast with your friends with your family throw it into your group chat uh, do rate us on apple Podcasts on spotify and as always if you could go to socials and follow us on there as well uh, we'll be posting updates on instagram and hopefully tiktok very very soon and as always rob thank you very much Thank you very much. Thank you all. Speak soon.